Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. As a Christian, I have God. He's an ever-present help in time of trouble. He's with me. He lives in me. I have God living and helping me to be patient. We know that help is on the way, and I can hope in Jesus' second coming, but right now I need compassion and comfort, and that's what God does for me. And sometimes, out of confusion, I need answers. And God gives me that wisdom. Most of us would agree that the feelings of solitude and helplessness are among the least of our favorites. The sense of not being able to reach out to those around us for liberation from such a dark place is quite the scary experience. In today's message, Pastor Mark encourages us to take solace in the relationship that God offers us through His Son. No matter how dark of a place we might be in or how discouraged, Pastor Mark reminds us of the hope we have in Christ. We learn that by living in fellowship with God, we have all the strength, patience, and wisdom we need to live a life of joy. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of James, chapter 5, verse 7, with his continuing study entitled, Learning Patience in Life's Troubles. So here's a farmer. He's going to prepare the land. He wants to plant seeds. And he says he waits for the autumn rain. In Israel, it rains in autumn and then it rains in the spring mostly. The other times of the year, there's no rain. So he, these people knew this. And this farmer's waiting. And when the first rain comes in the autumn, now the ground's soft, lots of rocks over there. So he plants the seed. And then he waits for the spring rains. Just before the harvest, the plants have already grown big, and he get a lot of rain just before they harvest. Great kind of thing happened. Now, he can't speed up that. He can't say, I planted it. I'd like the harvest to be tomorrow. No, it doesn't work that way. It will come when the plant is mature and ready. Now, what is he doing? Let's just watch this. Here he plants the seed, and months later... He harvests the crop. Now, the farmer does all that work then. He does a lot of work then. Between planting and harvesting, a farmer does nothing. Is that true? No. He's very busy in the middle, doing all kinds of things, making sure the bugs aren't there, taking care of the weeds, watching the plants, doing all these things a farmer does. So what is the application James trying to say? He says this, while we wait, for Christ's return. So here we are today, and eventually Jesus is coming back to this earth. I'll define that for you more later. Between now and then, we just sit back? No, we're actively involved 
in changing our world and expanding the kingdom in making disciples. See, that's where we are. We're not sitting on the sidelines. Our world, you'll see in a moment, be reminded, it's plummeting faster and faster to hell. We're not here to do our thing. We're here to do God's thing. So James is saying, be patient. There is a solution coming. Eventually, everything's going to be all right, but it's not going to be all right now. And so we have to understand that there's so many people outside our doors, good people, that they do not understand between religion and relationship. I just had somebody in the services this weekend, a young man, college guy, and he just came up and he says, can you explain to me? I know I need something. And so I explained to him. He went back, got saved this morning. And what does that mean? He didn't understand religion is man trying to be right with God. Relationship is God already makes us right with him through Jesus Christ. And so it's a relationship with God. Remember when we read, uh, Jesus said, in this world you're having trouble, but in me, personal, you will have peace. So what we have to do is do God's business. Our world goes through the same thing you go through. If you're an unbeliever here this morning, good to have you at our campuses, welcome. We all started the same way, so welcome. When trouble hits you, you have nobody to help you. I have a great verse for you. Just write it down, Psalm 46.1. Let me read it to you. It's one of my favorite verses. It simply says this. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. See, an unbeliever has nobody to help them. As a Christian, I have God. He's an ever-present help in time of trouble. He's with me. He lives in me. I have God living and helping me to be patient. We know that help is on the way, and I can hope in Jesus' second coming, but right now I need compassion and comfort, and that's what God does for me. And sometimes, out of confusion, I need answers, and God gives me that wisdom. So write this this morning in all of our campuses. Be patient and joyful. Remember, it's an attitude. You're trusting God with your life in the troubles of life, since God is for us. You see, James doesn't end with just being patient. (laughs) He actually goes to something else. Look at verse 8. You too be patient, watch this, and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. James adds another challenge to being patient. Not only be patient, but while you're patient, stand firm. Make a commitment. Be courageous. You see, sometimes when life, the troubles come, we get discouraged. And we've all been there through different things in our life. We want to take the towel and throw it in. I'm up. I'm done with this. The marriage, the work, the relationship, church, God, I'm throwing the towel in. Some of you here this morning like that. Don't throw the towel in. You want to stand firm. We read this morning that James says, be patient and stand firm. What does that mean? It means to make a commitment to what's God. See, God isn't against you. He's for you. If he's allowed it in your life, he'll help you. Don't get discouraged. Have the attitude that we learned. Understand, 
God has a solution for us in its standing firm and being courageous. Now, Paul would write to us how to get the proper focus. Because when I'm going through something, sometimes all I focus, is, focus on is the problem. And we need to focus on the solution. And the solution's always Jesus and the word of God. Look at what Paul writes to us. Here it is in 2 Corinthians. This is why, say it with me, we never give up. So if you're thinking of that this morning, you came to the right place. You said this is a coincidence. No, it's not a coincidence. God knew you were discouraged. Cut it out. Grab strength this morning. This is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying. Our body is a tent. How many know that the tent leaks? Yeah, everywhere. It, it either leaks or it falls down. It falls down. Every part of us fall down. Our face falls down. Ladies, oh, it falls down. <laughs> Men, it falls down. And here's the, what is that belt doing down there? Could I hear an amen or an oh me out of you? You say, well, I'm young. Just wait. It's coming. The, the bodies are dying, but our spirits are what? Being what? Renewed, refreshed. You're being renewed and refreshed this morning by the truth of God's word. Hallelujah. And every single day for our present troubles are small. Is <laughs> it Pastor Mark? He doesn't know what I'm going through. Well, would you like me to list the things that Paul went through? Shipwrecked, beaten, killed, went to heaven, raised from the dead, basically. Okay, I guess they are kind of small. When we look at what's happening in our world to Christians, beheaded, being murdered, our things are, even though they're difficult for us, they're small. So he says this, for our present troubles are small and they won't last very long. There's a great scripture in the Bible that says this, joy comes in the morning. One of these mornings, the thing you're going through will be over. Good news. Then it says this, for our present troubles are small, they won't last long. Yet, notice, yet they produce for us a glory. God's doing something in us that vastly outweighs him and that will last forever. He's working on the inside. Let's go to the, finish it. So we don't look at the troubles. Watch this, you got to focus different. Our attitude is not on the trouble. We don't look at the troubles. We can see now, rather we fix our gaze on things we cannot see. Did you know this morning in this service there are angels and demons? Now don't look at your neighbor. It's not people. It's a spiritual world. There's things happening to you. And this is the way the world is. It isn't weird, it's truthful. Then he says this, for the things we see now will soon be gone, the physical world. But the things we cannot see will last forever. Can I give you three little keys? You can write them down or just listen to them. Number one, we need to focus on the internal, not the external. We need to focus on the future glory and prize of heaven and not our present trouble. And we need to focus on the eternal. This is not where we belong and not the temporal. This isn't life. We're living it, but this isn't our home. Now, go back and let's look at verse 8 again. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Now, you might be a new person to church and you don't understand the Lord's coming. I'll explain it to you in a second. I'm going to take a 
snapshot of the book of Revelation that took me a year and a half to go through. I'm going to give it to you in two minutes. Grab your seat. Everybody grab your seat right now because we're getting ready. Here we go. Okay, now, you know, when we see the, the Lord is coming back soon, all you can envision at best for many of you that don't know anything about the Bible, and that's fine, we're glad you're here, is a guy with an old beer with a sign, the end of the world is coming, the end of the world is coming. What another idiot. I want to tell you the end of the world is coming. Because that's what the Bible says. Let me share with you where we're at now. We're living here. There's a day coming when something we believe called the rapture, where God's going to come, he's going to take Christians away. We're going to go to heaven. Then there's a seven-year period where God finally starts to make things right. There's going to be judgment on our world. And about two-thirds of the people are going to die. They refuse, and they're angry at God, and will not repent. During that seven years, Satan is going to raise up a man called the Antichrist. He's going to bring peace to the world, except it's a false peace. Do you know the Muslims and the Jews will get together? That's impossible, but he'll make it possible. You'll have to take a mark of the beast. You can't eat. When you take it, you're destined for hell forever. You say, Pastor Mark, this is like Star Wars. This is the book of Revelation. And during that seven years, battles are going on everywhere. Many people are getting saved, including the Jews. But many will die, be martyred for their faith. See, if you can't stand for Jesus today, ha, forget it. You'll never stand for Jesus when you're going to be martyred. At the end of the seven years, Jesus comes back to the earth. He sets up a brand new kingdom in Jerusalem. And for a thousand years, he rules with peace. This is the coming that we're talking about. And when you see that, we have to have a picture of kind of in this sequence, where we are now, the rapture, the seven years, Jesus coming back in the thousand years. Where in the world are we with that? Well, one day Jesus was on the Mount of Olives. I was just there a week ago and taught on this. And he was with the disciples and they saw this beautiful Jewish temple that Herod had it really advanced. And Jesus said to them this, it won't be long before that temple will not exist. There won't be one stone left on another. And the disciples like are saying to him, are you crazy? That's a, one of the wonders of the world. That thing is immense. It will never happen. And then he began saying to him some other things. Let me read it to you. If you will, in your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. And we'll start here in Melbourne and Vieira. And Sebastian, those of you online, verse 3. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Watch, they asked two questions. Tell us, when will this happen? When is the temple going to be destroyed? And what will be the sign of your coming, your second coming at the end of the age. Jesus doesn't answer them about when the temple will be destroyed. But when you go to Israel today, there is no temple. When was it destroyed? It was destroyed by the Romans in 70 AD. We actually stand on the foundation of what was there 2,000 years ago. There was no temple, there is no rock standing on each other. It was totally destroyed in 70 AD, just exactly as Jesus said it would be. Then, look at verse 8. Remember, they're asking, well, what does it look like toward the second coming? What, what, what does the end of the world look like? He said these, all these things are the beginning of birth pangs. So Jesus 
is answering their questions about the signs that we should be watching for because the second coming is going to be related to these. Now, we have actually four young pastors. Three of them in the last week or two or three have had new babies. And the fourth one's getting ready to have it in September. Now, you ladies that have been pregnant, what happens with birth pangs? What happens with birth pangs? Guys, you can't answer. Oh, shut up. You you have no idea what happens. Well, what happens with birth pangs, I want you to write this down. You'll see it this morning. Uh, Labor pains increase in frequency and what? Intensity. So if you're a first time as a mother, you know, a little pain, honey. Uh, How close are they? Uh, I don't know. Half hour later, two hours later, another little one. Nothing really happened. Pretty soon, ooh, five minutes later, woo. See, the early ones were like, woo. And then it's two minutes, woo. Now it's not, woo. It's, ah, it's like that. <laughs> Ladies, can I hear an amen? amen? Amen. You probably don't want to think about it, but that's what happens. Hey, they're closer and closer together, intensity. I remember driving my wife. The water broke in the front seat. I'm going, Jesus, <laughs> driving like crazy. So why does Jesus use that? Because the signs, he's going to give us two signs. The signs he's going to give us are going to increase in frequency. We're going to see it more and more and more. And the intensity is going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. So let's read what Jesus tells us. Verse 4, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and deceive Many. First thing you want to write, the first sign Jesus says that we need to be a watch for, spiritual deception will increase. Closer together, more common, more intense, more deception. You see, that's exactly where we are today. Even in Christian churches, we're seeing people dilute the word of God. Well, I'm not going to teach from those passages that has enough. And Christian churches, pastors are saying, you know, we kind of need to update this Bible to get it related to our culture. My friend, you need to get the culture back to doing what the Bible says. But that's what we're seeing. It's going to get worse. Now, deception means deception. Satan is a great deceiver. When we go through that series on spiritual warfare, you will not believe. So be careful. We, we know, Paul told Timothy, in the last days, when people come to church, they would not want to hear a sermon on being patient. They want to hear this. Tell me how good I am. Tell me how much money I can have. Tell me how blessed I am by God. He never gives me any problems at all. Deception. It's happening right now. Itching ears. I'm not going back to that church. They teach the Bible. Well, where are you going to go then? False? Not at all. See, we're seeing more and more people wanting to hear anything that makes them feel good rather than the truth of God's word. Thank you for being here this morning because this is what changes us, the truth of the living word of God. Now, look at verse 6. You will hear wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you're not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Remember, these are all things precluding. Verse 7 looks like our headlines. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. 
Ukraine, Russia, Syria, ISIS, Hamas, Israel, South America, Africa. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. So the first sign is spiritual. The second sign, write it down this morning, that we need to be looking for. Physical disasters will increase. Wars, division, famines, earthquake, insurrections over and over and over again. None of us have ever in our wildest imaginations thought we could go to YouTube and watch an ISIS soldier take the head of a living person. Coming back from Israel, I saw some websites in Syria, Christians, at three or four sites in their homes, in the kitchen. And every one of them, the whole family was laying out from children to parents to whatever. They'd all been shot in the head, chopped in half for serving Jesus Christ. We have never seen that kind of stuff alike. See, you say, well, it's going to get better, Pastor Mark. No, it's going to get worse, closer and closer. You're not surprised anymore when you open the newspaper. But I want to tell you something. As it gets worse, it gets darker, we have the light of Jesus Christ. Now, when you and I look at that, when you and I look at that, we can go like, oh, man, really? No, this world that's kind of like a top, it's starting to wobble. There's going to be a new heavens and a new earth. So how are we going to react to all of this? Look at verse 6 again. You will hear wars and rumors of war, but see to it, look at it, see, look at it, that you are not alarmed. I do not have to be fearful, panicked, or worried. I don't know when Jesus is coming back. Nobody's going to set that date. I do know he is coming back. Until then, I need to be committed to stand firm in my beliefs, be zealous. This is not a time to be wishy-washy about what we believe. We stand true because we have, as we sang this morning in that song, Jesus is the rock. He never moves. Do not become complacent. This is no time to become lukewarm. This is the time to stand up for Jesus Christ because he is the solution. Now, we know the heart of Jesus during this whole time is for lost people. Jesus said, I came to the world that sinners could come to Christ. Look at verse 14. This is so encouraging to us. During this whole time, before the end of the world, the gospel is going to be shared. Millions of Jews are going to come to the Lord. They finally have their eyes open. Many people are going to choose for the Lord. But look at verse 14. And the gospel of the kingdom, the good news, will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Through this increasing spiritual and physical disasters, it never prevents the spread of the gospel. In today's message, Pastor Mark addressed the importance of drawing our hope and joy from Christ. By looking to Christ for these two fundamental elements of our faith, we learn how to better live a life of patience and a positive attitude. Pastor Mark also encouraged us by reminding us of the comfort and compassion we have through our relationship with the everlasting, ever-present God. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. 
Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will encourage us to focus on the importance of unity within the body of Christ, reminding us that the church is one body of many different people. Pastor Mark instructs us to remain like-minded and to set our differences aside. Rather than focusing inward on our disagreements, Pastor Mark will remind us of our calling to share the gospel with others. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Yeah.